0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. As we continue on in the series we're doing on the church, and actually this is going to be the last message in this particular series. And um, I don't know how long you've been following this, but this entire... This was a sub-series of another series that we started, um, all relating back to a question that I asked over a year and a half ago, one of my favorite questions Jesus has ever asked, do you want to get well? And uh, I have preached 80 messages in answering answering the question. Uh, I just checked, I counted today, there's 80 of them in this kind of series. But I had to give them different names so people didn't go, I can't go for 80 parts. (laughs) So I just would change the names up along the way and keep talking on the subject. So, um... If you follow through, you, you, uh, to, to get a sense of where this all kind of evolved from, it's 80 messages. So this is the last one, new series starting next week. Very excited. Um, I'm going to uh, launch into a series that I've been praying about for some time um, called You Have the Words of Life. And we're going to look at some of the things that Jesus said, because I'm fascinated by the things that Jesus said. I can spend a long time thinking about the things that Jesus said. And uh, the very first, uh, I'm not going to tell you the first question, but anyway. Because I could spend 80 weeks on it. I don't think so, but I could. As I've just proven. So anyway, we're, we're in a series. Uh, we're finishing up on the church. And, and we've been talking about uh, in this part of the series on the church. that church is about people. I hope that you've heard me say that. I've gone over that 15 weeks now. Um, when you read about the church in the Bible, it's always about people. Either the believers, you know, from the time of Jesus forward. Or uh, a specific group of uh, believers in a, in a specific place. And that's the church. And so the church is you. Um, you're the church. You're always the church. Church isn't something that we do, we are the church. And I, I just keep making that point because um, sometimes we begin to think of church as an event, something we do on the weekend or during the week or whatever, but you're the church. When Right now we're the church gathered corporately. When you leave this facility, you are still the church um, out there in the world. You're the body of Christ all the time. You're the church. I think that understanding that will change and have an impact in the way that we move through our lives together. Since the church is people, um, it's also then about relationships that we have, and I've said throughout this series, it's really about our relationship with God, our relationship with the people of God, and our relationships with the future people of God, and that these are all developed in the context of worship, discipleship, fellowship, and mission, and that we, we, we've been looking at the early church from Acts chapter 2, and, and these are the areas that we've explored, this is what's going on in the early church, and continues in us and so we're just finishing up a little piece on mission and um, our mission here at, at this particular place as this specific group of believers we believe that God has called us to a mission of one more that's our mission statement and um, it's simple it helps us stay on task one more lost child back to dad one more into the kingdom of God one more to Jesus one more and and basically Lord you know what can we do to bring one more and that's what we're after and we 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 sort of evaluate everything by that criteria will this bring one more and if it will then let's go do it and see what happens and so this impacts the way that we um, function as um, a specific group of believers in a specific place. It also um, allows us to sort of have a, uh, an understanding that other, other groups have other missions um, that are still very important and valuable so we can pray for them and encourage them. We don't have to compete with them about anything. Um, we can bless the entire body of Christ knowing that all of us have mission that we're called to and we do it differently. And uh, that's, that's healthy at some level. So that's a good thing. And we've also said throughout this uh, little part of the series that we sort of grab our mission out of um, a passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. So we've been breaking down those verses over the last four or five weeks. Uh, and um, uh, I've said to you that you know out of that we have this idea of how we do things and that we're a force, not a fortress. Um, that the church sometimes has a tendency to kind of circle the wagons and get very safe in here and forget that we're called to um, be a force in the world around us. And uh, I, the little acronym we've developed for that is a frontline operation, um, reconciling, caring, and encouraging. And so that helps us to stay on track and, and stay focused. And we're going to finish up our discussion on mission today and look at the last three verses in 2 Corinthians 5 together. So that's the intro. Transition is always a bad joke. I gotta tell you, I was really busy this week, I had to travel for a meeting um, up to Orlando and back, and and so I've been running around, so this is worse than usual. What's the best geometric expression of a lost parrot? Polygon. (laughs) Polygon? No. No, really. I really worked. The other one that I sort of had was what is a what kind of a motorcycle does a comedian drive? A Yamaha. You think that's better? Really? You just never know. It depends on the crowd. Yamaha. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18-21 is our scripture reading, and I'm so thankful that it's here right now. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Point number one in your notes is this. The, let's talk about this. The message of reconciliation. Reconciliation the message of reconciliation. Paul says in verse 18 and 19, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation is the good news. It's the gospel. It's the truth. Um, it, we've talked about this throughout this series um, together, what the good news is, what the gospel is, what it, what it means. Um, and, and really it's a simple message, it's an unchanging message over the last 2,000 years. The culture has changed around us, the way we deliver the message perhaps might change, but the change, the, the message is, is the same and will stay the same. All of us have sinned and God made for a, a way for us in Christ to be reconciled. He did that. By, he lived a sinless life. He willingly went to the cross on our behalf. He, he died on the cross paying for our sin. He defeated death and rose again. That's the good news. That's the message that we need to convey to people, that there's a way for them to be reconciled to God, that sin has separated us from God, but God himself has made a way for us to be reconciled. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. We can't ever be good enough in our own strength, but he came and made a way for us That's so The good news, and that's the message that's been entrusted to us, um, and, and so he dies for our sins, he was buried, on the third day he rose, and I also told you that was witnessed by hundreds of people, that's in there, um, and, and that the reason that's there is that, that you don't think of it as a myth or a fable or anything else. Eyewitnesses, hundreds of eyewitnesses, can, were there to evidence the resurrection of Jesus, that he died and rose again. And so his perfect sinless life was given in exchange for ours and so he paid for our sins so that now we can be reconciled to God we've talked about that a lot we have talked about what that means that that we're in Christ that God sees us in Christ he doesn't see all the mess we talked about last week he sees us in Christ which is an amazing deal and almost impossible for us to truly comprehend but we can stand before a holy God a perfect holy God, even though we're still a broken mess, because He sees us in Christ, uh, and, and He sees us in the perfection of His Son even now, which is just, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And, and so um, because of that, because as those who have accepted um, this good news and, and understood it and, and accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives, um, this message of, of hope has been committed to us. And we're to tell others so that they can be reconciled to God as well. This is mission. This is you know what we've been talking about. It's what, um, it's why we we are still here after we figured out our relationship with God and don't get just zapped off into heaven. We have a mission. We have a purpose that we were created for, and this is it. Uh, and and that, that that's why we exist. And it's you know it's it's the one thing that differentiates us from. Um, the church that has been throughout time and us. I, I, I fully believe that the, all those who have gone on before us are actively involved in worship around the throne. They're, they're actively involved in fellowship. The, the one thing that they have completed is their part of being a missional people. And, uh, and now it's all entrusted to us. And we're here because they were faithful in being a people of mission. That's why we exist. They, they did exactly what we need to do. They told other people, about the good news of Jesus and this has continued on for two thousand years therefore um, point number two is this that we are his ambassadors so this is what we're called this is this is sort of a way to look at uh, our mission um, what this looks like we're, we're ambassadors we're, we're technically citizens of heaven already but we live here in another place and that's sort of the definition of an ambassador um, they live uh, they're from one place and live in another and they represent the place where they're from and, and uh, they're there to let other people know what it looks like and to to speak on behalf of that place and do all sorts of things. That's all part of our mission. We're called to be ambassadors. Paul says in verse 20, We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We, we implore you. This is why we're here. We want people to come to know Jesus. We get how important it is. We get that there's not other options. We, we get that this is life and death. We, we get the the magnitude of this um, of this whole process. And, and the, we also understand the, you know, the battle that we're in and the, that there's a very real enemy who doesn't want people to get. He wants to keep them trapped in darkness. And, and yet we're to come as, as uh, the bearers of the good news, as, as ambassadors um, letting people know that there's a way, that there's something better for them and uh, that life has for them and that's the relationship that we can have with God in Christ. So he wants us to, uh, to use us to implore others to become reconciled to God. So, so the reality is that, um, that this is really an outward focus um, loving people the way that God does so that they might come to know Him. And, and, and so we have to understand that, that um, that's what we're involved in as a missional people. That because we still have that. We have, we have fellowship and we have dis, discipleship and, and we have worship. We have all those things going on. But we have this peace that's, that's a huge part of it. It has to result in mission. Um, all those things have to give us an outward focus. We have to be connected to God so that we understand the source of things and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to have all those things. And, and you know, we, we need to be connected and, and we need to fellowship and we need to be discipled. We need to be reading the Word and praying and, and hanging out with one another. But all of it should, should um, free us up then to make an impact on the world around us. And we can never just sort of sit back and go, well, they can, we don't even care about them. Because we do. That's, that's the, because God does. John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. We need to make sure we see that because sometimes the church begins to think that once we're in, the people who aren't, you know, we, we kind of want to point at them and criticize them and, and, uh, and pick on them and judge them and yet we're, we're missing the bigger picture that God loves them so much that He's made a way for them to happen uh, and uh, to have a relationship with Him and He wants them to know that and, and there's so many obstacles that get in the way that God wants to give us wisdom through the Spirit on how we can break down some of these barriers and obstacles to help people come to know Him and that's always been the, the mission of the church in every culture and generation how do, we, how do we help people to come to know Jesus? how do we help people to find their way to God? Um, is is part of the, you know it's the the reason that like I said this is what we're called to be it's our purpose. So how do we do it uh, and and that's the question that we always ask is as part of our mission. How, what do we do? How do we get one more? What do we do to help people find their way to Jesus the way that we did because it's always you know changing and evolving and different in certain in certain areas. Um, how do we how do we get people to hear and and then receive this radical message of good news that we have this message of reconciliation. And, and so ultimately what we have to do is we have to love them enough for them to listen. That's a huge part of this this puzzle. Um, uh, it's not enough for us to know the message. Um, we have to love people well enough that they can come to know it as well. And, and so we want to always make sure that we understand this, this part of the dynamic. And so that's what point three is about. It's all about becoming His righteousness. And I, and I have an idea that I want to discuss with you about what that really means and what righteousness actually means and what that looks like um, in the world around us. Paul says in Second Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what does it look like to become the righteousness of God? Now that verse... Um, is probably the key verse for me 2 Corinthians 5:21. so you'll see me do things like be thankful for five things and encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to death that's 2 Corinthians 5 2, 1. do you get it 5:21. lots of neat things like that happen fives and twos I'm always looking at those things I think they're, they're awesome like uh, the fish and the loaves um, 5 loaves 2 fish and uh, um, had a huge impact see there's things like that so this verse to me is very key Um, For us and for our mission. Um, And and just under remembering it, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. In Christ, because of what He's done, we can become the righteousness of God. But let's understand righteousness. So here's what righteousness is. um, And and I I left a blank in your notes. I want you to write this down. Righteousness is being right with God and doing what is right. That's righteousness. Some people have this idea of righteousness means I need to be all pious-looking and sort of, you know, really, really together and uh, uh, act a certain way, and I'm going to follow a bunch of rules. That's what it means to be righteous, and that's not what righteousness is that we're talking about. We've and we've discussed why all the way along. Righteousness is being right with God. That means we're in relationship with Christ, and then doing what's right. And we talk about that all the time. Doing the next right thing. That's what. That's what we're all about. That's that's how we break this thing down day by day. I want to be in relationship with God in Christ and then every day I want to do my best to do the next right thing in His power knowing that I'm always gonna fall short because I'm still a mess. I haven't got there. That understanding, my, my constant understanding of my desperate need for the grace of God keeps me in the spot where I need to be to have an impact on the world around us. And see that's what we're called to now is living this out before the world. We get right with God in Christ and then we try to live by doing what's right, doing the next right thing. We're not perfect, uh, and so we, we don't need to run around pointing fingers of judgment at everybody else um, that we think they're, they're we're better than somehow. Um, but we continually recognize the fact that all of us desperately need God. And we should always treat people, and we said this last week, uh, in a way that, that incorporates into our relationship the beauty of their potential. That should just be how we operate as believers. And it's so important to be a people, to to be successful in sharing the message of reconciliation, we always have to treat people with value and love them well the way that God does. Because that's what God does. And I I refer you back to last week if you were here. Um, I don't know how many of you, um, what your relationship prior to knowing Jesus was like. Maybe some of you have grown up in the faith and and so yours is different. I didn't. And um, when I started to encounter God... He treated me as a person of value from the very beginning. And, and that's always fascinated me. I always think about that. He always... Um, yeah, I don't know how to fully explain that other than he, he never came in and like beat me up for what a bad person I was. He just kind of loved on me and brought me alone. And, and uh, I know scripturally that, that that's true because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it wasn't that I had something all figured out or together. Um, he loved me and still continues to love me in my brokenness which is huge for us to get a hold of as a concept and um, this idea of righteousness I think Paul develops a little bit further in 2 Corinthians 6, 4 and 7 and I like these verses let me read them to you rather as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance in troubles hardships and distresses in beatings imprisonments and riots in hard work sleepless nights and hunger in purity understanding patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love in truthful speech and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left second uh, that verse verse 7 I just want to talk about it briefly in truthful speech and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. And to me, that breaks down this, this idea of being a force. Um, the, the truthful speech and the power of God is the radical message we have of the good news. That's, that's what Paul's talking about, I believe. And then weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left hand. For us, as part of our mission, I believe that's all about radical generosity and radical hospitality. That these are the, the um, weapons God has given us to Put us in a place where we can tell people the good news. We're gonna, we're gonna overwhelm them with generosity and hospitality whenever we get the chance. We're gonna go out of our way to bless them in ways they don't expect. And then whenever we can, we're gonna make them as comfortable as we can so that we can break down barriers so that the, the message can, you know, penetrate people who have walls up against it because of situations in their past and in their lives. And that this is a, this is a huge deal for us. So I um, we did the car wash today. Uh, I wish you could see the impact on people who don't have a clue. Now we get some people who are repeat people and that's fine. We, we just bless them anyway. They know the deal at the end. They know they're going to get a dollar and that's all good. I mean, I'm happy to bless everybody. Um, um, but people who don't have a clue it's coming, I got to tell you, if you could see the expression on their faces and if you could watch what's happening in their mind, you would know what this looks like. You would get how, how generosity impacts people because they're, they're, it overwhelms all of their... They don't know, even know how to respond to it. And I love that thing that, that God does. It's like um, hospitality. When you go overboard with hospitality with people, it, it, it overwhelms them um, a, to a point where they're, they're more open to hear um, uh, about the tremendous news that we have in Christ. And that's our heart. We just want to have people hear about Jesus. And and uh, you know to keep coming back and hanging out until it penetrates and find its way in and then to be a part and tell other people that's all part of the process. So this is you know the, the sort of the basis of our mission and what we're called to. And uh, as I said, that's uh, that's kind of the whole deal um, uh, that that we've been talking about and how important it is. Next week, brand new series. I'm very excited about it. Looking forward to it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the things that Jesus said. And, and take some time to look at those things, which is really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. But that's good for today. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate you doing that. We'd love for you to come and visit sometime if you can. Um, if you need prayer, though, you can go to our website, and there's a place for prayer there. and We, we, we pray for you, and uh, you can call us if you need prayer. We'll do it that way as well. But we're very glad for the time that we had, and uh, we'll call it uh, the end of the message right there.